0: How are we this morning? Are we doing all right? Are we even awake? Yeah. Well, I know, I well, I suppose to a degree, a little more, I know what that feels like, um, being that this has my, been my first week back at work since um, our baby was born. Um, so if I do, um, like, drift off, just, like, put a blanket over me um, and, uh, yeah, just leave me to it. That'd be good. Thanks. Thanks. Um, But yeah, family, it's just so good to be here um, with you all uh, this morning. Um, Yeah, it's just good for the heart. It's really good for the heart to just be gathered in community and to to just recognize that we are family, um, that we might not uh, look the same, think the same. Um, talk the same, but that's that's all good because that's, that's the wonder of what Jesus has done, um, that he's brought together a bunch of very different people who potentially might not normally hang out uh, and that we just get to experience his community and like his work and his redemptive um, plan. Uh, and that that is what's going on this morning. Uh, I think that we can often think that coming to church on Sunday is like, just the thing I do, uh, but really what we're doing is we're participating in, in God's community, um, in God's plan, um, in God's kingdom, and I think that's just a really good place for us to start, to, to remind ourselves of that truth and go, yeah, okay, Jesus, thank you for that. Um, and so as we, as we head in this morning uh, into God's word, um, into this, this message um, in our series um, on spiritual gifts, um, just, we'll just simply pray a, a real short prayer. Is that cool? Yeah? listen. Yeah, Lord, um, speak. Uh, Your servants are listening. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Lord, we don't have to, um, like, manufacture anything or conjure up stuff, Lord. Um, This is about you. This is about who you are, um, your word, your kingdom. Uh, Lord, we need you. Um, not our ideas of you. And so pour your Spirit out, we pray. Change our hearts and our minds that we would be more like you and that we would experience the life that you promised to give, one of of abundance, one where we don't lack anything because you don't lack anything, where we are just so deeply connected to you um, that it um, ultimately affects the things that we believe, the things that we say, um, the way that we live. Please speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Yeah, we pray these things in your name, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, just very quickly, and this isn't to, like, intimidate anybody, but just, like, the person next to you, just say hello. If you've come in with them, then say hello again. I don't know, whatever it is, sort of thing. But this is just a good opportunity to connect and, yeah, if there's somebody that's sitting by themselves, feel free to like, launch on over there. Hey, Hannah, good to see you. Kia ora, kia ora. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Um, We've got some chatty people with this one. That's good. Community, eh? Serves me right for trying to cut it short. Um, So this morning we're continuing in our series on um, spiritual gifts, and I've been given this morning um, two gifts to cover, um, which is like quite a feat, Uh, and so in no way will this be exhaustive. Um, This is just kind of like, in a way, a bit of an introduction to like some practical principles of like kind of like what this might look like, Um, and as I said, uh, I I did the prep um, in a seat deprivated state sort of thing. So if I just start reciting the alphabet, just yeah, forgive me. Okay. That won't happen, I promise. Um but uh, the cool thing is, is that uh, in our lead-in series to the series that we're in now, uh, I actually got given the topic of, uh, of spiritual leadership before then and just so happened to get this again. It's not because I'm picking it. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about kind of like exploring this a little bit more like, and unpacking it and going, okay, so spiritual leadership, um, what does that look like? Um, what does leadership in God's church and in his kingdom look like? Um, and so when I spoke about leadership, uh, we looked uh, at the story of Jesus reinstating Peter. So this is the last time that I spoke. Uh, and uh, this was after Peter had denied Jesus three times before Jesus was crucified, after Peter saying that he would never deny Jesus. So things have clearly gone really well for Peter. Yeah, we would agree with that. Um, what we were even talking about this morning, um, Just well, I was talking with a couple of the guys here this morning, and we were just talking about how like, Peter, and this was completely disconnected to this, um, he was one of these individuals who would like, come out with real bangers, you know, like, with like, quite amazing statements, and then kind of do the opposite sort of thing. And I think to a degree, that's maybe why a lot of us just affiliate with, with Peter, because we're like, man, I know what that's like. And so it's not that Peter didn't believe what he said, I think he was figuring out what, what that looked like and how it played out in life and practice and in faith. Um, And so I'm encouraged by Peter, uh, and yeah, I'm I'm sure that we'll have some great chats one day um, about all of this. Um, But as Jesus journeyed with him, um, Jesus showed him uh, really like another form of leadership. So Throughout Jesus' ministry of three years, he was showing to the disciples, including Peter, a very different form of leadership. And we see how during that time, kind of like from when Peter was this real like gun ho individual to when Jesus reinstates Peter, we see Peter go from being this overly ambitious, impulsive, and self-assertive individual um, to a servant leader following in footsteps of his rabbi and friend and saviour, Jesus. And we see this dramatic transformation happen in in Peter's life. And I think that if there's hope for Peter, (laughs) there's hope for me. Um, How about you just turn to somebody and say, if there's hope for Peter, there's hope for you. (laughs) None of you guys sound overly convinced, okay? So I'm just going to do it. If there's hope for me, there's hope for you, okay? Thank you. This is about Jesus, not us. Um, So... Uh we, um, oh, sorry, we drew on a definition from uh, spiritualgiftstest.com, which is one of the areas that we've been drawing definitions from for uh, our workbook that we're going to be going through together as a community um, in, uh, in not long, not, not too far a distant future, I don't know, and a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far and away, um, Anyway, the definition was this. It says this about about spiritual leadership. The Holy Spirit gives the spiritual gift of leadership to summon the church to care for God's people and lead them into deeper relationship with Christ and each other. They base their success on how well they help others succeed and grow in their spiritual walk with Jesus, and they are able to accomplish many different tasks and objectives as they lead. But they will always lead relationally and with a deep concern for the well-being of others. We talked about in the message a couple of weeks ago, um, well actually it's like eight weeks ago now, so if you don't remember at all, that's totally fine. we talked about how we've got a lot of definitions of leadership in this day and age, and we we actually kind of like live in a culture that's obsessed like with le- with leadership with celebrity leadership you know uh that we kind of like celebrate the the chief executives and the CEOs and like all of that kind of thing that's a it's a culture that we we really kind of have like tapped into everything's very like corporate, very official a lot of the time. And so I find like a definition like this really refreshing like for me, um, because it's not about um, one person building up their own empire or kingdom. It's actually about God's kingdom here, because it's about seeing others grow, about others go deep with Jesus. And for me, I think that that's the real difference. That's the, the delineation. That's the, the, the marked difference between, you know, like potentially what, like corporate leadership. And I'm not saying that corporate leadership can't look like that. I'm just saying it doesn't often look like that. And the difference between somebody who's naturally able to lead and when the Holy Spirit comes upon somebody and gives them the ability to lead, it's very much about God's way and His kingdom and His church. And I think that's, that's an awesome difference uh, that we see. Uh, and I'm excited to see, like, as more um, of you, or us, as a family, kind of, like, wrestle with these gifts, going, okay, God's definition of whatever is this, and then, like, see not only this body here, affected and changed for, for good and for God's kingdom, but the rest of this uh, city, like Kirikirua, and and uh, potentially the country, and even some of you might go on to influence, like, sectors within the world, you know, like, and... That is an amazing thing to think that this is how God set up his church. And it's this, this beautiful thing where it's kind of like this network around the globe where as Christians function in the gifts that they have been given um, by the Holy Spirit, then, man, things are going to, or things can, should I say, things can look very, very different. And so the spiritual gift of leadership is leading in a way that sees individuals flourish Uh, as they become who they were meant to be in Christ. I'll say that again. The spiritual gift of leadership is leading in a way that sees individuals flourish as they become who they were meant to be in Christ. Um, Making sure that they're well-nourished, equipped and empowered, growing uh, in their maturity and in their faith as their roots go down deeper into God's life and love. Um, Growing up at a church, or at another church should I say, uh, I had a leader who became a mentor who became a friend uh, Dale was his name uh, and i uh, he was a good dude he was a good dude. Dale came alongside me um so this was kind of like late primary early intermediate sort of thing so and this is the crazy thing you, you, you're never too young to be like well th- th- we kind of say this, but at the same time, we kind of forget it. And so this was a good reminder for me to think, you're never too young to be influenced. Uh, in fact, we are constantly being influenced. That, that's the reality, eh? You're never too young, you're never too old to be uh, to have somebody come into your life and go, hey, how are you? Who are you? Where are you going? All of those kind of things. And I think that it's a part of the gift of spiritual leadership, where those individuals enter your life, and then they, they basically like, walk with you. They hold your hand in a way and so that you become who you were meant to be as you mature in your faith um, and become more like Jesus. Uh, and so Dale, he came alongside me. He encouraged me, challenged me. And one of the really good things that he did for me was he held space for me. He held space for me. And I think that leaders um, often uh, have great visions, and it, it's quite often about like getting people on board. Um, what Dale did was he actually held space so that I could really figure out what God's vision for my life was. And that was an awesome, awesome thing. So he walked with me, and by his example, he showed me what a Jesus life looked like. Uh, he showed up. He invited me along and he asked me if I wanted to have a try. Um, and again, just like wonder, a wonderful example. Uh, and I would say that the number one thing, though, that he did was that he regularly encouraged me to lean into Jesus by both like, Dale's word, like what he was saying, and his example. And that there wasn't a difference between the two. What he said, is like what he preached, is kind of like how he lived. Um, and there was this, there's this wonderful like, congruence, this coming together. There was an integration in Dale's life where how he encouraged me and what he encouraged me in is also what he was doing. And that, I think, is really, really important when it comes to leadership. Um, Dale is a leader. He continues to be a leader. He now lives over in Australia and he's doing some awesome things. And I believe that he's gifted in spiritual leadership. And I'm really thankful for his um, influence in my life, but also his example, because that was his greatest influence, was his example, who he was as an individual as he leant into Jesus, and he showed me how to lean into Jesus. And I think that's really an important point and when it comes to leadership, and one that can leave us feeling a little bit uncomfortable. And so this is kind of like my, my point when it comes to the gift of spiritual leadership. And it might seem like a bit of an unusual one, but bear with. And so it's going to come up on the screen here, and this is the point here. As a leader, I should be able to say, follow my example. As a leader, I should be able to say, follow my example. Now, that might make us feel a little bit uncomfortable. okay? And I think a quick disclaimer before we go any further with this would be that um, that doesn't mean that as a leader I have to have everything sorted and that I need to be perfect, but that in my journeying towards being more like Jesus, every part of my life is open. You know, and people can like see it and go, oh man, he is at least a person of integrity who's willing to admit when he's wrong, to forgive others when they are, you know, and all of those different like bits and pieces that I think that in such a polarized society we lack so much of that because it's just like, oh no, don't admit you're wrong because then you're weak, as if like that's a bad thing. As if that's a bad thing. I think this world would be in such a better place if individuals were far more willing to recognize when they got it wrong. And that's not where I'm going in this message, but that was just something that I was thinking about then. Anyway, the Apostle Paul, okay? Who knows the Apostle Paul? Yeah? Put your hands up if you've like, at least like, heard of the name before. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Just making sure. Now, in case you didn't, Apostle Paul. In case you don't know who I'm talking about, the Apostle Paul was one of the like the early church fathers, um, and he didn't actually hang out with Jesus before he was crucified. But he met the resurrected Jesus as he was going to like kill Christians. So it's a pretty crazy story. So again, it's very interesting. Leaders can have interesting pasts. Okay, we've got that from Peter. And now we're looking at Paul, who was another key leader in the early church. And it wasn't necessarily like looking great, because he ends up like he ends up like hanging out with the very people that he was persecuting and trying to kill. And initially there was a bit of like: is this dude serious? Should we trust him? Shall we let him in? But God does some pretty crazy things and really encourage you if you don't know the story of Paul, go to Acts, give it a read. Um, So the Apostle Paul writes some pretty bold words along the lines of, uh, as a leader, I should be able to say, follow my example, Uh, and uh, it's in his letters to the early church. And so we're just going to quickly read a bunch of those. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 17. These are all going to be up on the screen, but feel free to follow along with me as well. So this is Paul writing, so I urge you to imitate me. That's why I've sent Timothy, my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. He will remind you of how I follow Christ Jesus, just as I teach in all the churches wherever I go. Big words, yeah? Yes? Yeah? Imitate me, uh, and he will remind you of how I follow. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 1 to 2. So same book, just a couple of chapters over now. Um, Paul writes this, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. I am so glad that you will always keep me in your thoughts and that you are following the teachings that I passed on to you. Again, big words? Yeah? Yeah. Philippians chapter 3 verse 17. Okay, I see we're going to be jumping around a little bit. Uh, it says this one. Uh, Paul writes this, join one another in following my example. Brothers, and oh, sorry, brothers. And carefully observe those who walk according to the pattern that we set for you. Are we noticing a bit of a rhythm here? That there's like, follow my example. I'm following Jesus, and make sure you pay attention to the example and the teachings that have been given to you. These are important. These will help you as you seek to live this Jesus life. Then 1 Thessalonians chapter one verse five b through to six. Um, And you know of our concern for you from the way we lived when we were with you. So you received the message with joy from the Holy Spirit in spite of the severe suffering it brought you. In this way, you imitated both us and the Lord. Okay. Paul is kind of making a point I think. He's repeating himself fairly often to a bunch of different churches. And then finally, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 7. Now, we don't know if this is Paul. A lot of scholars says it is because it kind of sounds very like Pauline in terms of the writing. But even if it's not, you can see that they're picking up on what Paul was saying to the early church. And it says this, Remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Okay, so remember your leaders who taught you the word of God. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Throughout these passages, Paul is saying this. He's saying, follow me. Imitate me. Live like me. Pay close attention that your life looks like my life. Uh, but Paul also adds a key disclaimer. He says, follow me because I'm following Jesus. That is, that's a really important point to note. I am walking in the way of Jesus, Paul is saying, so it's safe to follow me. I am walking in the way of Jesus, so it's safe to follow me. See, the thing with Paul being able to say these things is that, okay, so this is, this is an interesting one. If somebody was to say this day and age, something like to what Paul was saying, okay, we would think, whoa, mate, you're a little bit cocky, okay? Would you agree? Yeah? So, I mean, I've read Paul's words kind of growing up and thinking, Paul, man, that's like, like pretty intense that you'd say, follow me, like, because I, last time I checked, Jesus was saying, follow him. This is the wonderful thing, though, that, you know, as you grow up and you, you get a little bit wiser and that kind of thing, is, is that Paul was saying, follow me, because he was following Jesus. Because he met the resurrected Jesus, and that changed his life forever in the best way possible. And he goes from persecuting this small group of people to becoming one of their key leaders and being one of those individuals who sees the message of Jesus carried all over the known world at that time. So, yeah, Paul's words are intense, but they should also be true for every Jesus follower in a way. Follow me. You can live like I live because I'm following Jesus. And again, that's not an intimidation thing. This is a hey, we get to do this. Like, we come in a long line of individuals who have followed Jesus, and we can look at their example and then. You know, like when we're no longer around, people can look back and see our example and go, wow, okay, they were following Jesus. So when it comes to Paul, that's where his ability and authority came from, the fact that he was following Jesus. He wouldn't, ha- he wouldn't be able to say that otherwise. Would you agree? Yes? No? No? His ability and authority to say, follow me, came from the fact that it wasn't that he was this great leader. It wasn't the fact that he was this pioneer. It wasn't the fact that he was this trailblazer or inventor or you know, like philanthropist or entrepreneur or like whatever it was. His ability and authority to make that call was because he was following the person of Jesus and he had met him. And he had changed his life so that it would be full of him. And so Paul is just saying, hey guys, imitate me because I'm doing my best at imitating Jesus. Anyway, you see, this is, this is the, kind of like the practical thing now for us. How you live is how you lead. Okay? Okay? How you live is how you lead. And all sorts of things can go wrong when those two are separated. Um, and I think that in this day and age, it's also why we see a lot of like, Christian leaders fall so seriously. Like There's a lot of that going on. Would, I, would we agree on that one? And, it's, and, and, and each time it happens, you, you kind of think, oh, that won't affect me, but then it does. Because how you live <laughs> is how you lead. And so it doesn't necessarily matter what you say. If it doesn't marry up to the way that you are living, then we actually need to be really honest with ourselves in that respect and go, Jesus, what are the parts of my life that I'm mistrusting you or I don't trust you in? The parts of my life that I haven't yet given to you. The parts of my life that I haven't yet surrendered to you. Is it my finances? Is it my family? Is it my friendships? is it my employment is it my sexuality like what what part of my life has not yet like have i not let jesus into because he said i have come to give life and life to the full and in an abundance and yet we often so uh, like i know out of my own experience hold back portions of my life segments of my life large chunks of my life and then wonder why i'm not experiencing god's like abundance his life and my life because i'm holding back And so, um, when there is a a dissonance, like a disconnect between how I live my life and what I say is important, things will eventually disintegrate and fall apart sooner or later. And so, on this leadership thing, if you think you potentially have the gift of leadership, and I realize, uh, in a way, that what I said was kind of like, big, (laughs) big. So, and again, I'm not trying to be exhaustive on this, and so I think that this is more, more than anything I'm wanting to, like, ask some questions and stir a conversation. Is that cool, family? Yeah? All right. Um, so if you potentially think that you have the gift of leadership, can I encourage you that the most important thing that you can do in your entire life is be with Jesus? Is be with Jesus? The only reason Paul could say those words is because he had been with Jesus. His life had been radically changed and transformed because he was regularly with Jesus. He lived his life with him. He met the resurrected Jesus, but he wasn't just relying on a one time moment. It wasn't just an experience, you know? Like, it was this regular, like, Paul is this kind of like. He's, a, he's he, in a way, he's like this, oh man, no, I'm not going there. Anyway, Paul says, follow me because I'm following Jesus, okay? Um, and I think that, in, like, as leaders, if you think you potentially have the gift of spiritual leadership, the most important thing you could possibly ever do, and this covers, like, for everybody as well, it's not just for leaders, is to be with Jesus, but I think in particular, because it's that whole thing of, like, you know, the bigger the, the taller they are, the higher they fall. Like, what's that that's the same? Is that the same? Bigger they, bigger they are, the harder they fall, that kind of thing, you know, like and we live in an age where the leaders are really big. We elevate them way too high. Yes? And that and so like me and of myself, I'm gonna come undone unless I am deeply connected to, anchored in and centered to the person of Jesus. That is the only thing in my life that will keep that from happening. And so what does that look like in your life? To intentionally and regularly create rhythms and make space in your daily living to be with and be loved by the one you follow. And everything else will flow out of that. This is the cool thing. Everything else flows out of that. So it's not that you need to have the right answers. (laughs) It's that you know the one who does. It's not that you have it all together. It's the the fact that you know the one who is making you into who you are meant to be and that one day you will be complete because that is his word and that is his promise. Now, that in of itself, in a way, is a message. And we could go on a totally different tangent, but we're not going to. We need to come back to teaching real quickly. Um, But if... You want to talk about what does it look like for me to kind of like uh, design my life in a way that, or craft my life in a way that enables me to be with Jesus more and to experience his presence, to participate in his kingdom, all of that kind of thing. I really encourage you to come and chat to me or somebody who you know that is like a little more further down the road, because I think that in this day and age, wisdom is another thing that we often reject and we don't listen to those who have gone before us. I think it's a really good thing that we do that. Anyway, let's now chat about teaching. Cool? Yes? All right, sweet. Everybody fist pump. Not everybody fist pumped, but that's okay. So here is a quick quote from ministrytools.com. The gift of teaching is to instruct others in the Bible in a logical, systematic way uh, so as to communicate pertinent information from true uh, for true understanding and growth that 's an interesting definition like tr- like true but it 's also like what did you just say?" Um, I really appreciated the unpacking of this gift um, uh, from spiritualgi.ted uh, spiritualgifts.taste.com they unpack it a little bit more in terms of what does that look like on the ground what you know like boots on the ground what can that gift look like in somebody's life and this is what it says those with this this is what it says those with the spiritual gift of teaching love to study the word of god for extended periods of time they consume the scriptures as food for their hearts souls and minds with the expressed purpose of knowing him and then interesting knowing him and then it goes in that order, making him known to others. They want to know what God has revealed of himself and what he requires of us as people created in his image. They take great joy and satisfaction in seeing others learn and apply the truth of God's word to their lives. Does that make a little sense? Yeah? It's a good one, eh? I really appreciated how it unpacked that. So, the person with the gift of teaching will love to study God's word and allow the word of God to dwell richly in their life, okay? Just because you read the Bible, and I'm saying this like personally, like from my own experience, just because you've read it doesn't mean you, you're letting it dwell in you richly. There is actually a big difference there. And so, those with the gift of teaching, I believe, are those who kind of like, don't just read it but lean in. And again, it's a call to all of us as Christians that this is what we should be doing. But there there are particular people who are gifted in a way that when they lean in, they go, aha. And then they can communicate that really well. And that is a gift to the body of Christ, the church, yeah? Yes? So, uh, so, where I was like, the person with a gift of teaching will love to see God's word and allow the word of God to dwell richly in their life and affect every part of it. That's important too. It actually has to change you. <laughs> you can't just like memorize it and then go. That's good. I'm going to go do something else. But they will also be able to, um, once they have studied it, form thoughts and ideas. And when it comes time to communicating it, they are led by the Holy Spirit to do so, and they do so in a way that changes people. Where people listen and go, ah, okay, I get this a little bit more. I understand what God's done, or who God is, or who I am, and what I'm to do, and all of those kind of bits and pieces. So you see this, teaching is not about information, okay? Teaching has nothing to, well, sorry, it has a lot to do with information, because you kind of got to know it, yes? Yes? Okay, sweet. Teaching isn't about information, it is primarily about transformation and its focus. Yeah. You can know a bunch of stuff and it never change you. I can attest to that in my own life. I've known a bunch of things. It hasn't changed how I lived. But slowly, Jesus is doing his good work in me by His grace. He's showing me the person I get to be. Um, but when things are communicated in such a way that there is this increased awareness. That God is present and at work now. <laughs> I'll say that again. when there is an increased awareness to the fact that God is present and at work now. and when people feel invited and drawn in to participate in what God is doing now, well, that's holy ground. And I think that that's really where we see the gift of teaching really play out. When it gets to that point, I think we can all know it, when there have been moments in our life where we've leant in and gone, are they talking to me? Like, this sounds very much like my life right now. And so the gift of teaching is not primarily about information. It is primarily about transformation. And so the point for teaching that I'm going to make this morning is teaching is about transformation and not the transfer of information. Can you guys say that? Well, I feel like we did just exactly that. It was just so mono that we just transferred a whole lot of information, OK? So are we understanding what we, what we mean by that? Yeah. yeah? That information doesn't change anybody, OK? You can know a bunch of stuff. But if it's not changing you, it's kind of useless. We would We would agree in terms of, like, if you're doing a trade, if you're going to university, like all of that kind of thing, you go, well, it needs to affect how I think and how I live and how I work and all of those kind of things. Because if it's not doing that, it's not doing its job. So, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through to 15 says this. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. So, this is quickly just going to like a passage that talks about teachers, okay, and what, what they are about. So, now these are the gifts. Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Lucky last on the list. Their responsibility, okay, so this is speaking to the teachers and the other um, the gifts before that. Um, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. This is a bit of a bit of a chunky bit of scripture, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every new wind of teaching. Okay, so again, that's a part of the gift of teaching is that it helps you to know the truth so that when another teaching comes along, you're not going, wait, I learned the opposite literally last week. What's going on here? We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever that they sound like the truth instead we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ who is the head the body of sorry who is the head of his body the church so i want you to all stop now and think about someone whose teaching has changed you yeah can you do that someone whose teaching has changed you it, it could be a teacher um, a school teacher, that is. Uh, it could be a university lecturer. It could be someone who's trained you in your job um, or helped you gain a new skill uh, or has like, simply empowered you in some way to live differently. See, the teachers who have affected us the most are the ones who have changed us the most because that's how we've grown. And we remember them because of that. But the spiritual gift of teaching is much more than that. So we're kind of wrapping up here. The spiritual gift of teaching is so much more than that in that it is not just about a new skill. Um, It's not about feeling empowered either. It's about the individual's life becoming increasingly permeated with God's life, every part of it, as they become more like Jesus and who they were meant to be, both both for the building up of the church and for being a blessing in the world. Teaching... Although different to leadership, in terms of the spiritual gifts, to a degree, should, they should all result in the same thing, life. <laughs> people flourishing, people becoming who they are meant to be, more like Jesus, as they follow <laughs> Jesus, as they listen to the words of Jesus, as they listen to those who are following Jesus and listen to their words, like we were talking about in leadership or in teaching. So, Leadership is about flourishing as they become who they're meant to be. Okay? This is leadership. It's about people flourishing as they become who they're meant to be in Christ. And teaching is about the transforming work of how people become that as they understand more of God and how they engage with Him, with His Word and in His kingdom. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16 says this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. So this is the last verse after the, of the passage we just read before. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work. It helps the others grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. How awesome is that picture? How, like, do you want to be a part of that? A body that is healthy and growing and full of love. Man, like, it doesn't matter. The, the, the cool thing with something like that is that it doesn't matter if um, in your life you're feeling, you're feeling like you're accomplishing something like big or small. What you are a part of is something that, be it big or small, like, radically changes people. And that can be on the small day-to-day thing, Or it could be on the grand scale of, I don't know, the the world. If the world had a stage, you know, it could be affecting people on that one. But God calls people, He gifts people, and He's gifted you. His Spirit is inside you. His Spirit is inside of you. And as you sit with that, as we sit with that and go, Lord, how have you gifted us? How do you want me to participate in what you're doing in your kingdom and what that looks like? Man, it doesn't really matter what you do because it's exactly what God wants you to do. And so it takes the pressure off because Jesus is doing his thing. We're not doing our own. So, is that an okay place to land? Again, you guys, is it an okay place to land? Yeah? Okay, sweet. So I'm going to just quickly ask two questions in terms of if, you, if you're wondering, man, what, what, if I have these gifts, what would that look like? And again, I'm not asking these questions to be like um, accusatory or like loaded or anything like that. I just think that for me, they've been helpful for me to go, mm, are these gifts something I have personally? So when it comes to leadership, the first one would be this. When you think about leadership, do you think about position or people? When you think about leadership, do you think about position or people? Because remember, the spiritual gift of leadership is about seeing people flourish, become who they're meant to be. You, do you know you're meant to be somebody? Not, and it's not necessarily who you think you should be either. That's the wonderful thing about it. It's who God created you to be. So, so there's potential. It's already there but we get to lean in and experience that as we experience God big difference the second thing would be this when it oh, sorry the the second question when it comes to teaching would be when you think about teaching is your focus on transformation or information i'm a bit of an information junkie you know like i love to read up on something so like something comes up on the tv or something like that i hear about it i read a book i get distracted very quickly because then i go and read about 10 other things in the in the book because i'm like going man what was that even about what are, you, what are you on about? So is it, and when it comes to the gift of teaching, is my focus transformation or information? And again, it's not saying that information isn't important to teaching. It's just not the focus. Because teaching should be always about, when it comes to the, God, to the kingdom of God and his church, seeing people become who they were meant to be. I think that you guys, hopefully by now, are hearing like a bit of a pattern and a bit of a rhythm in terms of how this all plays out. So I'm going to park it there um, because I don't actually have all the answers. I don't. Um, I'm still figuring stuff out. Uh, And that's the beautiful thing about God's church and his kingdom, uh, that uh, we are following Jesus. And that's what I want to do. Let's pray. King Jesus, um, we thank you for how you've designed your church. And, and even how you, uh, when talking to the disciples just before like you ascended to heaven, you said, like, I must go so that another one can come who is greater than I. And that is the Spirit of God. And Holy Spirit, when you came, uh, you came in power. And lives were forever changed. And lives have been forever changed since then because of what you have done. And so we thank you. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you are active in this world and that you set your church up, you equipped her to be all that she's meant to be. We don't have to come up with like, great ideas or um, how to do this on our own, but you are, you are present with us. You are here and you are now. You are in our midst. Your spirit is in us. And so we just ask humbly, Lord, help us figure out what it is that you have gifted us to do. But I pray more than anything, Jesus, that that would come out of who you're calling us to be. That we would not go of the cup before the horse. That we would not be as a people consumed by what we're doing before who we are being. Before being with you. Before receiving from you your life, your abundance, to rest with you, to breathe breathe deeply often with you. Lord, we thank you that you've got this, that you're building your church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. We thank you for your promises, for your goodness, your beauty, and your truth. Jesus, there is truly no one like you. And it is in your name we pray these things, King Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, kia ora whanau. Thanks heaps uh, for uh, listening. Um-